Alrighty, Tide fans, welcome to another week here at the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Bryant Powers, and this week I'm going to be doing it alone as uh, my co-host, Mr. Sean Burns, didn't get fired, but they are knocking out some student meetings and preparing for this weekend's Piggly Wiggly Bash. With that being said, this week's podcast is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly. On this podcast, we are going to be having two interviews this week. One is going to be with women's head coach Ryan Hines and then our tennis head coach Evan Inquist. Uh, The Coach Hines interview is brought to you by UA Early College. And our interview with Coach Evan Inquist is going to be brought to you by Bama by Distance. We're excited to have both of them on as they're both going to be kind of reviewing how their fall semester uh, went with their events and their practices and the progression that their teams have made and some of the challenges that COVID has provided for them and uh, how it has helped them be better as a whole. Uh, So we're excited about that. Um, But this past weekend, we had a a pretty big weekend. We had a a basketball uh, event as well as a tennis event. Uh, Our ABC Medical Classic, both teams went 2-0. And then uh, in our tennis event, our Powerade Invitational, uh, they ended up falling in both match plays, 3-4 and then 1-6. But... Um, it was their first time all fall to really kind of get to face off against some competition that they've not seen before this semester or this year, but also kind of some higher end competition that there's a potential that they likely won't see moving forward. So it was good for them to kind of get out there, compete with some some really good talent. And we're glad that we were able to provide that for them. Uh, so, yeah, once again, this weekend, we do have our Piggly Wiggly Bash. Uh, our women are going to be. Um, playing two games against ABC Medical, the first one being Thursday at 545. And then on they'll be playing ABC Medical once again Friday at 545. So make sure you tune in to both of those. And then your University of Alabama men will be taking on the University of Texas Arlington, or as you may know them as UTA. And they'll be facing off against Auburn University. I don't really think that I need to explain the... Uh, the love that each program between Alabama and Auburn have. So uh, I think you know kind of the implications that comes with that matchup. I know I'm excited for those. I'm excited for all four games. It is our final event here this fall. Um, For me, it's been a fantastic fall getting to, one, watch our athletes get out there and compete, but also be able to provide you all with a hopefully a, a quality live stream. We hope that you've enjoyed that. We know that we've made some adjustments and, we're excited about that our uh, new way of live streaming moving forward. And then also, um, we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. We plan on continuing it even through our break. We have some uh, really good potential interviews lined up. I believe next week we are going to have our men's head coach, Ford Bertram, on as we're going to give him an opportunity to come on and talk and kind of recap how he feels their fall went and some of the expectations that he has for 
uh, himself, his staff, and his players uh, moving forward through this break. Uh, this is going to provide a unique opportunity for uh, all, all staff members here at our program as well and, and as well as our athletes. Um, you're you're going to hear it a little bit in our interviews, and um, they kind of touch base a little bit on how this break is going to provide an opportunity to really kind of see some of the technical things that maybe you don't necessarily get to uh, kind of talk about or see um, during these breaks. So uh, our staff has put together a great plan for their uh, for their teams and their athletes moving forward, as well as also uh, coordinating a great strength and conditioning program for our athletes while they're back home and handling things that they need to handle. Uh, I personally believe that we have one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the country. So uh, I know that they trust him. I trust him. That's Coach Will Wright. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to provide a unique opportunity. It's going to provide a unique challenge, but it's something that our program is ready to face head on. Um, so, like I said, we have two interviews this week. The first one is, once again, with uh, women's head coach Ryan Hines, as that is brought to you by UA Early College. And then our second interview is with uh, tennis head coach Evan Inquis. And that one, once again, brought to you by Bama by Distance. So uh, thank you for tuning in. It's going to be a short introduction here. And here's our first interview. Hope you enjoy. All righty, tight fans. So Welcome to our interview here with women's head coach, uh, Coach Ryan Hines. Uh, coach Hines, how's everything going today? It's going great. It's good to be here, Brian. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, I'm glad you're able to come on. I know you've been messing with me a little bit about coming on the podcast, so I'm glad that we're finally able to get you on here. Um, you know, there's it's been a wild, uh, been a wild fall. I think it's probably fair to say, really, even from last spring, summer, and and now this. Um, you know. I haven't really gotten an opportunity to talk to too many of the athletes about, you know, that last spring. What was that like for you as a head coach where, you know, I know, say the last game of the season didn't necessarily end well, but there was still a lot of a lot, honestly, to look forward to moving forward and moving into that national championship tournament. What was what was that like for you as a coach having to go through that? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a different year, okay? There's no way around it, a different end to the season than we wanted, than anybody wanted. Um, but, you know, everybody was in the same boat as far as across the whole college division. Um, you know, we were feeling really confident, even though, yes, that last game of the season against Illinois didn't go the way we wanted. We were feeling very confident. Um, our second half was great that game. Um, we knew, you know, a couple of little things that we could fix and, and really turn turn that game around um, if we did it a little bit earlier. And we were feeling really confident going into nationals and just to kind of have the season just suddenly end um, without, you know, what everybody fights for at the end of the year, getting a chance to compete for a championship um, was a bummer. Like there's no way around it. And, and we had a graduating senior last year and, you know, had to feel terrible for them just to kind of go out that way and, and any graduating senior last year across the college division. That's not how you want to go out. Um, but I mean, that doesn't take away from the season that we had last year. We had one loss on the season. Um, we had the number one seed going into nationals. Um, so we were feeling really good, really confident. And, and like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the season we had the great group of girls that we had on the team. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. And, you know, um, Juice being that one senior last year, you know, she's um she's now playing overseas in Germany and she's doing really well. 
Um, what is it like for you kind of seeing her success there? Um, to me, I don't, I'm not too surprised by it, but you know, what is it, what is it like for you seeing that? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, Brian. I'm not surprised at all. Um, she was a great player for us for five years. Um, longtime team captain. Um, she's just a, she's a really good player. And, and I knew it was going to translate to the next level that she's playing at. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just happy to see her being success, successful. Um, and it's nice when she reaches out to me and I reach out to her and, and just kind of keeping up to date with how things are going. And, and I, you know, wish her nothing but the best. And I know she's going to be successful in whatever she does. Yeah, um, for sure. And, you know, uh, just being from Canada, one thing that makes I feel like our, the women's team unique is, you know, just kind of the diversity, I guess you could say, just across the board from players from, quite frankly, all over. Um, what is it like having players that are just from literally different parts of the world? Yeah, it's it's different. You know, everybody's culture, even from state to state, let alone country to country, is going to be a little bit different. And and it's, it's kind of fun getting to, you know, mesh those different cultures together um, and trying to get everybody to come together as far as our team culture. Um, but it's fun. And, and we get a lot of these players just kind of through word of mouth and reputation on the program. Um, they come in and, and, you know, all the girls that we have, I, I wouldn't trade them for anybody else. And um, they bring their own unique um, gifts and talents to the team and their own unique personalities to the team. And, um, like I said, we have an awesome group this season and, and I couldn't be happier with who we have. Yeah. Um, you know, you talking about, you know, we lost or lost a, uh, one, you know, juice from last year's squad, bringing on three true freshmen. Um, we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast. Um, just kind of, you can tell that to me, it seems like the freshmen are incredibly cerebral. Like they're, they know what they're supposed to do. They know their job and they do it well. And now it's now just kind of like fine tuning, say some of those like just like extra passes that are maybe just like a quarter of a second behind that they're the right pass or just a little bit behind or, you know what I mean? Like just not exactly on time. Um, how, how challenging is it to fix those things in a season in which, you know, in the fall, typically, you know, we have probably what, like 10 games now, you know, it's really down to four and, and now we're going to be going from November, after November 20th, they're going to be gone and doing the kind of their own thing until January 7th. What is, what is that challenge like for you as a coach? Yeah, it's different. Anytime you add um, new players to the mix, right? Every year is a different season. Every year is a different team. Um, and, and adding three true freshmen this year has been uh, an exciting challenge, but they're all three, great, you know, great young ladies. And um, they bring a lot to the team as far as basketball in the classroom and then just great personalities, all three of them. Um, and, and you mentioned being cerebral, all three of them, you know, as they come out of a game on a substitution in practice, they're always asking questions like, hey, what should I have done differently on this play? They, they understand, you know, this is a process. They're going to get better as it goes on, but they're always looking to learn and looking how to improve. Um, and then as far as, you know, the challenge of the season just being different um, with COVID going on. Um, yeah, this, this break is, is a little bit longer than it normally is. We usually will come back after Thanksgiving, have a couple weeks of practice and one more tournament. Uh, but now they're, you know, they're home for two more weeks, basically, than they normally would be. Um, so from my standpoint, just doing a great job checking up on them. We have a good plan when they're home. 
um, as far as what their requirements are to do. Um, and then just academic checks, making sure everybody's staying on task in the classroom, even though it's virtually. Um, so it's, it's a challenge, but it's, uh, it's one that I've got a really good group of, of athletes, a really good group of leaders um, that I know they're going to handle it with, with success. Yeah. Now with them being, uh, you know, with the, with the athletes being home those extra two weeks, you know, um, we've talked a little bit about it as uh, like, like in previous podcasts is, you know, you've got a really good group of seniors and really good, you know, really good group of leaders. And, and the freshmen talked about that when we had Abby and uh, Bailey on, they discussed that about how really those seniors have taken them under their, under their wing. Um, for you, are you kind of, uh, are you expecting, or do you kind of expect, you know, during this extra added break to, for those seniors to really kind of, kind of guide the way, I guess you could say, for your athletes? Or, or are you not wanting to put that on them and you kind of wanting them to focus on like individually or, or what's your approach with that? Yeah, the, the beauty of it, Brian, is I don't even have to, I don't even have to tell them. Like they're yeah. going to do it on their own. Um, you know, my two captains this year, Rosie and Kate, along with all of our seniors, we have um, four graduating seniors this year. Um, so I know they're going to do a great job and I don't even have to mention it to them. I know they're going to check on on the team, yes, we're going to have some things we're going to do together as far as organized, but like during this break, I know they're going to check on each other, make sure everybody's good, help each other with school when they can. Um, if they have a question as far as training, what they're supposed to be doing, I know they can go to their their team captains, their team leaders, and, and they'll figure it out amongst themselves. So that's the great part about this team. We have a really good mix between, you know, veterans, people that have been in the program, played under me before, and newbies that are, are really great and are looking to get better um, and look up to the captains and look up to the seniors and the leaders on the team. Yeah, you know, it's it's been real fun to watch because even from, you know, we did a couple of events that we had ne never done before as a program and, um, you know, the skills challenge and, you know, we did the three-on-three -three tournament. Then we had those inter-squad games, which Burns had mentioned that we had done before, but it had been a while since we had done them. Um, what for you throughout those events has kind of stood out, you know, I, you can see the development in my eyes, you know, from a lot of the players from that, even that first event, but obviously years past as well. Um, what, what has it been like for you? Like, what are you seeing in, in like kind of like the development of your team so far? Um, I think we're just, you know, striving to get more consistent at what we're working on in practice. Um, and it's been great to see from, you know, even from the crimson and white to last week's games against ABC, and then hopefully we'll make another jump this weekend. Um, just we're still striving to find our consistency. We're still trying to find our rhythm on offense um, and just get more consistently stopping on defense. Um, but it's been great to see us implement some of the things we've been working on in practice. Now it's just a matter of fine tuning them, um, learning to play with each other. We've got three new pieces out there, so it changes our dynamic from last season to this season, we're a completely different team. Um, so we've got to play a, a little bit different. Um, and I think we're, we're doing a good job of understanding that this is a process. It's not something that's just going to happen overnight. Okay. We talk about being, yeah, we want to be a championship contending team by the end of the year, but we're not there yet. We've got a lot of work to do to get there. And I think we're on the right track. Um, just knowing that we're, we're early on in the process. Um, but we're looking to get better every single day. We step on court every single day. We step in the weight room every single game we play. We're looking to get better and improve from the last one. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, and from my eyes, um, you know, there kind of seems to be a little bit more of a, not that this isn't a bad thing. This was a, obviously not a knock towards anything from last year and the year, but there seems to be a bit more of like, you're talking about playing a bit more of a balanced scoring attack coming into this year. Like this, these past few games, um, it seems like everybody is like contributing and chipping in here and there, you know, is that, is that something that, you, when you say a, a different style, I guess you could say, like, this is this team's way of play. Is that what you're meaning by that? Like, it's just kind of going to be a little bit different. I think that's, that's part of it. Um, I think, too, we've just got a really unselfish group. Like, they're not worried about getting their shots. They're worried about getting the best possible shot on the possession. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, um, we, we have three, three young people on the team, and, and they're still learning to see the court as well as they will you know, years down the line and, and they've improved already in that aspect of things. Um, but I think just getting the ball out of our hands and making a decision um, either to, to pass, shoot or drive. Um, I think we're, we're starting to make those right reads with the basketball a little bit more. Um, but like I said, we have a, we have an unselfish group. So I think that's part of the reason there's just a really balanced, um, balanced scoring in our offense. When we're doing things right, we have all five people on the court. Uh, ready to be a threat. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you kind of uh, – we've kind of talked a little bit about it. Um, what What is it for you that you're you're wanting to see in the spring? Like, you're, you know, we talked about how – you know, we've got two – you've got two games this weekend, right? You've got two more left in the fall fall schedule. What is it there, like in that spring, whenever you get back? What, how, how do you expect that? Do you expect there to still be kind of like some potential, like needing to kind of work some things out? You know, what are, what's going to be a, the approach there for you? Well, first thing, I, you know, I expect them to come back in shape, um, doing what's expected of them over break, and then just getting straight back into the grind of things. Um, yeah, we have a, we have a young team, we have a, a new team, so just finding, like I said earlier, finding that consistency getting better every single day we're in here, ready to work when we're in the gym, ready to work when we're in the weight room, um, ready to listen and learn when we're in the film room. Um, so I think just finding, like I said, that consistency among the group, um, knowing that we're not going to be where we are at the end of the season, right off the start of things, is going to take a lot of work and it's going to take all of the athletes, all of the coaches, all of our managers um, locked in and, and ready to go and make that push towards March. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so what what are you expecting, I guess, you know, when, when whenever it kind of comes to playing, you know, we play ABC Medical here. This will be two more games against them this weekend. You know, what's your expectations against some of the other teams that you'll be playing, you know, through the NCAA tournament or our tournament rather, not the NCAA, but the tournament rather. What are, what are some expectations you have against going up against some of those teams? You know, I expect us to compete in every game we're in. Um, I expect us to play to our – we talk about it every game we play. We're going to play to our standards, not to whoever we're playing against. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, we have some things that we're looking to do every game, um, everything that we've worked on in practice leading up to a certain opponent, um, and just expect us to, to implement those into the ball game. And, and no talking to the refs is one of our standards. So we have some, you know, team rules, team standards that we – that we look to do and and I expect us to to compete in every game we're in and and improve on whatever our previous game was. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um and you mentioned that talking to the refs, does that does that include you too or is that just 
Um, that's a great question, Brian. Uh, it, it does usually. Yeah. I, I tell the girls sometimes it's like, you know, just listen to what I say. Sometimes don't listen to what I do. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And it, I think that's mainly to the talking to the refs thing. No, I, but, I, 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 a, I completely get it. I completely get it there. But on a serious note, the girls have done a great job of not talking to the refs this year. You know, I've, I've noticed that, um, you know, cause I think there's sometimes you can tell throughout the games where when they can get, they start, to get a little like chirpy, I guess you could call it with the rest. Mm-hmm. And it just, and especially last year, like the past two years, like you can see it and it kind of seems to affect their mindset, I guess you could say, like where they just, you want them to stay focused on the task at hand rather than worrying about what they can't control. That's all called by a referee. Um, but yeah, so I just want to, I just also want to ask you, uh, so coach Burns isn't on, on here with us right now. Um, he he's wildly busy so he he probably won't even be he potentially uh won't be able to be with us in our next in my next interview or our next interview as well with coach inquist so i just want you i just want to know how is it that coach burns and you scored the same amount of points the other night in the game you know i was looking to be a little bit more of a distributor the other night and uh Coach Burns is getting to a spot and he is knocking it down you know he hit like four in a row do what I said it's not all about scoring, you know. Oh, that is hey, you know, that is that is honestly true. That's that unselfishness that that uh, that I really appreciate from you. That's right, that's right. Uh but yeah, so um, you know, you got games this weekend. We've I know we've talked a little bit about it and we'll we'll kind of end it here. You know, what are what are you looking for specifically from from your team here this weekend, you know? You know, on the defensive end of things, we had a big focus, um, and a big focus on film this week of of looking to push out more on defense. Um, we, we talk about trusting our chair a little bit more. And what I mean by that is, is trust that you can push out and not worry about having to give up ground. Um, so I'm just looking for us to be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive end, specifically with our chairs um, and trying to keep the offensive group as far out as possible, really making them work for every inch that they get. Um, and then on the offensive side of things, just finding our rhythm, um, being a little bit more consistent, getting the ball moving a little bit more. I think we've improved on that from game to game as far as not being too stagnant on the offensive end. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we're, we're starting to see the floor a little bit better and getting the ball to the right player in the right moment early, enough, early on enough. Um, so still making some improvements as far as our court vision goes. Um, and then in transition, just looking to really – really pick up the pace on the offensive end and then transitioning back to defense, just trying to get everybody home, everybody back in our base defense. Yep. And, uh, you know, in our games, your games this weekend, the ladies, uh, they, they play Thursday at 5.30, I do believe, and then Friday night at 5.45. That, that's correct? Uh, both are at 5.45. Both are at 5.45. Okay, sorry. I was a little bit off there, my bad. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, really looking forward to that, really looking to kind of see the, the steps that – each player is taken from last weekend to this weekend. I know I'm excited about it because you could see it a little bit there, even between that first game to the second game, you know, it was really fun to see. So uh, really excited to see the progression that each player has made. Uh, once again, this is a uh, women's head coach, uh, Coach Ryan Hines. Coach, thank you for coming on and joining us today. Thanks for having me, Brian. Absolutely.
All right, so I'm going to be honest. I kind of cut that a little bit short there. Uh, Coach Hines did give a roll tide there at the end of his interview. So roll tide back to you, Coach Hines. Thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, Tide fans, we really hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. I loved being able to hear uh, Coach Hines' insight about the program and the team's development from event to event and throughout the season. And what to, he's kind of looking forward to moving forward with this squad that he even mentioned has a lot of veteran talent, but also has a couple young pieces. Um, you can check out our Tide ladies this weekend, Thursday and Friday at 545. You can just go online and find us at crimsontideonline.com. So be sure to tune in there. Um, once again, we have another interview here for the podcast. It's uh, brought to you by Bama by Distance. This interview is with tennis head coach Evan Inquist. Uh, really hope that you enjoy it. And, uh, Roll Tide. All right, Tide fans. So uh, here we are with our second interview here for this week's podcast. Uh, this interview, once again, brought to you by Bama by Distance. Um, this interview is with our tennis head coach, Evan Inquist. Uh, coach, how, how's everything going? How uh, How's practice been going after y'all's uh, final event this past weekend? Hey, Brian. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think all considering it was a pretty massive success. I mean, we, we were able to host and carry out three events in in this era so i'm very pleased with with that and um and yeah i mean this this last event was the first one we actually brought in off-campus opponents and we brought in some of the top players um they whipped us around a little bit not gonna lie um but that was actually amazing to have um some of our friends that live in other cities that came in had some great competition and then they really got to see some some new faces so i think it was a big win all around yeah, and, you know, I talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the podcast and, you know, how important it was and how awesome it was that we were able to have all the all the tennis events that we had had scheduled for this fall. Um, what what were some of the things and some of your biggest takeaways uh, from that first event up until, you know, going through this last event? Sure, I think um, I think just in terms of the players and the mentality and just bringing the competition back where initially maybe we, we thought it could be a semester and we mentally prepared for a semester with no competition. Um, however, uh, having that, you know, we, I think we didn't go, once we hit um, that first event, we didn't go another two weeks without another tournament. So we kind of, everything was kind of compacted towards the end of the season. Um, but it was just so fun to get back into that. Um, all right, this is competition week. This is match week. Let's, dive into how we're going to translate. And then every week we broke down the match film. We broke down the, the strategies and all right, what are we going to do now for the next two weeks to get ready for the next one? So we just kind of went into high gear and, and honestly it was amazing to just focus on the tennis and not so much about the COVID or not so much about what was going on. We, we actually just dived into competition. So, so I think that was really, really cool um, to have that environment back this semester. Um, and then overall, I mean, I think Alabama played phenomenal. I think it was pretty cool to see um, the high level of tennis we actually did play this semester, even though some of it was against our, our own players, our own teammates, our own coaches. Um, but then, um, yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was very good, very good finish to the year. Um, and you talked a little bit about, you know, you're able to focus on competition and, and not have to focus so much on, you know, everything with COVID. Uh, we had a, we had a couple, or we had one of your players on uh, Lauren Heineke hops and, um, she talked a little bit about how they've had to make the adjustments 
of being able to bond and be able to like basically spend time together outside of, you know, the tennis courts or in the weight room and, you know, how, how different it has been for them to kind of, you know, socialize with, with, without, you know, really socializing. What is it, what, what is it like for you knowing that they're taking the precautions and the steps outside of tennis to be able to hang out with each other, build that bond, but also doing it safely? Yeah, no, I think it, I think it's really speaks like the leadership. I mean, you're talking about captains. I mean, Lauren and Avery, I, I mean, just knocking it out of the park. This is our second year being captains. Um, they're both in grad school. They've been here for years. Um, you know, couldn't, couldn't be a better pair there to lead that team. And I think that's something I'm particularly proud of with, with the transition over the last few years is, you know, building a really kind of an inclusive environment where they do have pretty good friendships on and off the court. Um, and it doesn't have to be like they're hanging out every weekend, but they have, they have that bond where they kind of check in on each other and, and, you know, the good times and the bad, they, they seem to be doing it without coaches influence, which is exactly what you want as a coach, not to have to, Hey guys, we're having a team social today, you know, like come do more of Evan's activities, you know? So like that, that's, that's a perfect thing. And, you know, so I'm very proud of them for doing that. And, and then again, making it through the year safely and, and being able to finish finish the season. Yeah, no, and and I and I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. One of the things that really cracked me up is I didn't realize it was going on, but the little costume contest that y'all did or costume thing that y'all did around Halloween, uh, that really cracked me up. Those, those those were some pretty solid outfits. I got to give you your credit. Yours was yours was pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's been a pretty fun tradition. There's been a few that we've developed over the years and I think I think everyone's favorite is usually Halloween. Um, in, in, in past semesters, we would all get together offsite, do a costume contest, and everyone would make some kind of a Halloween f- uh, fav- um, themed appetizer or treat, and we'd have you know votes, and it's this whole thing. And so I think everyone usually really gets into it. So we found a way to do it safely this year. And yes, um, Avery coincidentally is one I think this is the third time in a row that she's won this ridiculous contest so I don't know what I'm doing wrong but maybe it's just coach just can't win I don't know maybe that's just hey, you know hey, if, if it means anything you'd have had my vote all right it means absolutely that. anything I appreciate that yeah uh, and so um you know talking a little bit about you know some of the players here um one of the cool things you know having now getting to do the live stream with you guys um which is a lot of fun. One of the cool things that I saw for me at least was, you know, it was the first and second time that Thomas and Jeremy had ever played together uh, or they said that they had ever really played together competitively. Um, And it really kind of seemed like they played pretty solid together, especially more so in the first event more than the second time. But what is it like for you knowing that you can kind of maybe like pair some people up that maybe not don't normally compete together, but can still produce quality results? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's something that um, that's very cool that you picked up as well on the live stream. And, and it it really is a product of the type of matches that we created here on campus. Typically when in, in a, in a season, we would be traveling off to different events. Um, When we play doubles, we will try to play with another Alabama player. However, it doesn't always work like that because there's a bunch of different skill divisions and not all athletes fall in the same division. Um, so, so a Jeremy and Thomas pairing hadn't happened before, mostly because previously they were competing in different divisions. Um, 
So this format is much more traditional in like a, in the able-bodied uh, tennis world where you'd have a dual match, you know, only playing with your team versus another team, singles, doubles, um, so on. So, so I do think it was really cool to be able to see that and then also give them the opportunity to, to bond as a team and, and doubles teams. Like um, you can have two phenomenal players that just can't play doubles together. Right. Um, it, it doesn't always work. So having, um, having those guys get along on and off the court and seeing that is, is very good um, moving forward when we're making pairings and, and, and doing change ups and lineups and things like that. Yeah. So you kind of just, you kind of, I would say surprised me a little bit because I had never, you know, obviously never got to travel really like, right. you know, never really got to experience kind of like another tournament and how things work. Um, for those that haven't gotten to experience that or see how that works, how does that work whenever you're traveling to on these road tournaments? Sure. Um, so typically in the U S there's um, two major systems. There's the ITF, the international um, competitive circuit. Um, there's 10 of those in the country uh, a year and they get professional points, prize money. It's on the world ITF professional tour. Um, so there's that circuit. And then there's also the USTA national circuit. So they play letter divisions, A, B, C, and D, um, where D is kind of your beginner player just starting out fresh. Um, you know, it, it wasn't even three years ago where Jeremy and Avery had came in as freshmen and they had never picked up a tennis racket. They were in the C and D division. Um, and then they can work their way up to the A, which is the top um, for the national ranking system. Right. And then if they choose to make that jump or they, want to then they can jump into the international system um so it's just kind of like a different level approach and then um some of the tournaments across the country like the one in alabama that we host is both it has the professional division the men's open women's open quad open but then it also has the nationals a b c d so so it works out really well in our favor when a tournament does have both because no matter what skill level um we have on our team, we can go to a tournament. Everybody can find competition. Um, so sometimes when it, we go though, it's usually not colleges only. Um, there's very few college only events. It's usually the college national championships. That's that structured like that. Otherwise it's anyone plays anyone. So it is possible we could throw, be thrown in a bracket and um, Jeremy can find Alex in round number one or round two. It's just how it kind of plays out. So um, so that's typically how it works when we travel or play tennis in, in, in the U.S. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Like I said, I, I had never noticed that, or you know, I didn't know that. So that's really cool to to hear you talk about that. And and um, you know, you're talking about some international stuff. You know, we've got Thomas obviously and from Canada. You know, what is it like having players from really kind of all over the place, like on your on your tennis team? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed the diversity and I, I would say probably um, the basketball coaches would agree with me. It's, it is really fun to mix um, different perspectives and, and even, even people like, um, you know, like Shelby or Lauren who live on the West Coast versus yeah. the East Coast in the central part of the country or, or good old Alabama. Um, you know, <laughs> it's fun to have a little bit um, different backgrounds and, and it, it makes for, um, it makes for fun when we talk about where we've, where we've come from and the type of tennis that we came from and the, the people in our communities. And so I, I wish I could do more, honestly, it's just, um, it's not always, um, you know, there's all sorts of different things when it comes to recruiting internationally. Um, but I do think it's, it's important and, and also playing internationally. Um, yeah. We've had the pleasure of being able to do that a few times getting out of the country. And I think that's 
really important, um, not only just for um, training purposes, but kind of understanding um, different cultures, but then also understanding the, the level of tennis and the level of support that we have here versus other countries. And, and so it's, it's just good all around, I think, having that international exposure. What, what, are, what, are, what are some of the places that, you know, that, that you've really enjoyed traveling, you know, internationally and stuff? Um, I think, you know, we, we've done a lot of tournaments in Canada. Um, they do a really good job out in um, Vancouver, near where Thomas is from, has phenomenal tournaments. We've, as a team, we've been up to uh, Montreal. Um, and then, um, of course, the, the critically acclaimed Mazatlan Mexico tournament is, is, is a favorite that has typically fall, um, falls right after finals week. And so we, for several years, we were able to kind of do a team trip there where they funded part, most of it, honestly, and then we would fund a little bit and it was, um, and that's been an incredible experience. So those are the, some of the best tennis tournaments that I've been to while I've been here in Alabama. That's awesome. Um, Lauren touched a little bit about the one um, in Mexico or Central America. She she talked about how that was probably her favorite one that she's gotten to go to. So, um, and you just talked a little bit about um finals weeks and i talked to coach hines in the interview earlier for the podcast um what is it like kind of with the with the transition now that november 20th hits and then you're really not going to have any hands-on activity with your athletes until the early part of january the second week in january what what is that going to be like for you and your staff um yeah i think um i think staff wise it's kind of almost like it was over the summer when, when COVID first hit or kind of pushed our season back. It's um, for us, it's honestly more of a kind of a blessing in disguise. Of course, we'd rather be working with the players. However, our tennis season is typically shut down around this time anyway, um, where we kind of got, we would normally have been really gearing up early August to get ready for our tournament season. So we kind of started um, a little behind quote unquote of what a normal fall semester would look like. Um, but this is pretty typical. And now we're actually with our ramped up um, filming and, and some of the other things that we've done um, myself and Tyler McKay, assistant coach, and then Shelby, our volunteer assistant, you know, we're going to have a lot of n- nice downtime where we can get together and make really great plans. Um, we've done a lot of different things with technical um, focuses with the athletes. And so this is actually going to be a cool time for us to, to brainstorm together and come in with a really solid approach into the spring, whereas other semesters, we maybe would have been working all the way up until, until Christmas break. So, so I think it's can be definitely seen as a positive as well. Yeah. You know, that, I think you're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, getting to do, I guess, you know, that little break and some of the things that you're going to be getting to do. Is it, do you think it's almost a little bit more beneficial now that you're going to be able to get the focus kind of like on that game plan that you talked about it, how it is, but like, do you think it's going to be even more beneficial for the athletes moving forward into the spring where they're able to see kind of potentially some things that maybe they normally wouldn't see, or is, is that really going to be any different? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think one of the big things that, and we, we try to like as, as a tennis staff and program um, continue to, push, push what we offer, you know, create Alabama's training environment to be the best college program and beyond, or even just the best training facility and best training support that we can offer any athletes. Um, and so we've really taken initiative specifically this semester to do match film and, um, technique, technical film, 
and, and things like that and really dive into it. We've done an okay job in the past, but we haven't really, really embraced it. And so I think, I think that's something that we've, we've focused on and that is going to pay off and the players have already noticed some of that transition. Um, but we're going to push that even more going into um, going into the spring semester. So that's something they might notice. And, and yeah, I think, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it even today. It was just for stress levels. Um, this has been a long and crazy and intense semester and for all of us coaches and, and players and families and community and just, you know, a couple extra weeks might not be the worst thing. <laughs> I was say, no, you're not wrong. Cause you know, they've got, you know, as, as a grad student, I, I hadn't, I had not been in school, you know, I, I had about a year break from undergrad to grad school. And I know how just crazy it is been not necessarily crazy, but like, it's been like different than what it was obviously with having to now do a lot of stuff online. I can only imagine for the athletes. Now it's like, everything you do, you, you're, everything's pretty much online for them. Like I couldn't have imagined, at least I knew my, like I knew I always had like a real good schedule because I knew what classes were, I knew when to do this, this, this. Now it's just kind of online. And, and I can imagine now with it being close to finals week, it's going to be a little bit more stressful because I'm sure if there are anything like my classes, which I know Lauren and I actually have one similar undergrad, the grad school class. I mean, there's like projects do left and right, you know, it's just, and it's all on you. So I'm sure they're going to enjoy that little bit of break from now that it's just, we get to focus here at the end of the semester on what we need to do with school. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think the, the nice part about, yeah, having the off court time is they do have the hours. Um, and, and I think a lot of the tennis players specifically will be here in town. Um, they have the off campus and um, they will stay here and stay in their kind of their school study environment. And then once they knock it out of the park, then they'll probably go home. Um, which will be a positive thing, but, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's definitely been an academic focus semester um, because they have had a little bit of extra time off, off court. So, so yeah, definitely hoping they take advantage of it and several have. Yeah. Good. And uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of leave this one here. Last question here for you. Um, what, what is your, what are you, we talked a little bit about kind of the stuff that you're going to be doing leading up into the spring. What is your, uh, what, what are you looking forward to with our with the spring schedule for your squad and everything that's going to potentially be taking place there? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, the spring schedule is a very challenging one um, just because of, you know, the other questions that all, everyone's facing in sports right now is, is the, what, what, what that'll look like and if events will be able to be hosted and things. Um, but I do think this, the, the really – silver lining to our tournaments is we've done this new kind of, it's not even new. We've been doing it forever in college sports is a dual match. And in, you know, in, in wheelchair tennis, it's very rare. Like we're very spread out. This is true for wheelchair basketball as well, but um, we're just very spread out and we, we're used to meeting at these tournaments and it's been a great formula. However, that has made it very hard to have home matches, home games, home crowds, that environment. And from this semester, it is actually more cost effective and extremely enjoyable for the players to have a home match. And so I think that that is going to be something that we're going to prioritize um, and probably doubling our efforts in terms of bringing people in to campus, which we can do. And we have the organizational power to do so and the resources to host some really great events and competition here on site. And so I think that is going to be now kind of a staple diet for the tennis team kind of going forward. Whereas previously we were more of a travel 
away focused team, um, the home focused is going to be kind of coming and and of course, hopefully we'll have future conversations as well about um, the building that's in the works that is going to give the tennis program an extreme, um, extremely nice hosting environment for, for incoming teams. You know, I, I, that, I, we had talked about that. Um, I talked about it with Dr. Strand a little mm -hmm. bit. I think it was in our second or our first like big podcast or longer podcast that we did. How excited are you about for that? I know I said that was going to be like, but how excited are you about that? I mean, to be honest, like, I'm not sure if it even has really hit yet. Like, right. it's such a, it's such a unbelievable achievement for the university. And just like, this will be the first standalone wheelchair tennis building in the country at any level. It doesn't matter, collegiate, professional, whatever. It, this is the first um, for that purpose, um, which is just incredible. And so it's still like... Um, it's still amazing to know that the projects happen, that the, the universities behind us, um, our department had the vision to, to, to go after this kind of a project. And, and, you know, for me, really, it's kind of like a dream come true in the sense that the history for wheelchair tennis programs is, is tough. A lot of programs have come and gone. That one leader left or, or all their athletes graduated out and, and they, that program had folded. And so like, to me, that really signifies like a permanency, like wheelchair tennis will always be here at the University of Alabama. And that's a huge statement. No, that's awesome. Um, and I know you've been a big part of that. So, I, I mean, obviously, congratulations to you on, you know, that. Um, but yeah, so, man, really appreciate you coming on here. I know you, you've been busy. I know that you're coming into the final days of the, of the season here for you guys. Um, once again, man, thanks for hopping on here and joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, Brian. And yeah, keep 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 on those live streams, man. People are people are loving it, giving some great feedback. And hey, you know, I'm going up. The tennis IQ is going up. Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now, over the break, you're talking about how you are gonna be doing some things. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take my time, I'm gonna sit there, go listen to just different tournaments. I'm gonna pick up on some lingo where we we're gonna be to the moon. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. All right, thank you, Evan, for hopping on here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, see you. All right, Ty fans. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, really hope you enjoyed that interview there with uh, tennis head coach Evan Inquist. Um, I really liked, especially at the end, you know, the the passion and things that he talked with about the facility and moving forward with that and how much it meant to him for the university to commit there to that new tennis facility and how it is going to be one of a kind. Um, you know, I think it speaks volumes to not just the university and their commitment to our program, but also it speaks volumes to the effort that has been put into the tennis program from athletes and previous staff members, as well as all current staff members. So uh, that was really great to hear that emotion in his voice. And uh, I'm also going to be completely honest with you all. I missed having Coach Burns on here. It, it's, it was really weird. I hope that y'all all enjoyed this. I hope that I did solid. Uh, it was just a little bit different. Not not used to just simply sitting here feeling like I'm talking to myself the whole time, even though I realize I am talking to y'all. Um, but I do miss having Coach Burns on here, so I know I may mess with him about you know looking for a new co-host. But we can't. I'm not going to go be looking for a new co-host. We got we got to get him back on here as soon as possible. So uh, really hope that you all enjoyed this week's podcast. We're really excited about this upcoming weekend's Piggly Wiggly Bash. 
We've got ABC Medical going up against Our Ladies twice at 5.45 on Thursday and Friday. And then at 11 and 3 o'clock on Saturday, your Tide men will be facing off against the University of Texas Arlington, also UTA, or and Auburn. So don't really have to talk too much about that rivalry there to, for you all to know how excited we are to be able to make that happen this semester. So we uh, thank you all for listening and tuning in, and we hope that you all have a great rest of your week and weekend, and roll tide. Tide.